Well, good morning. Um, you found the church, so that's good. Let's just get right into it today. Um, I found that uh, these go a lot better if I just share with you what God's been putting on my heart for the week, uh, because it tends to be the most applicable thing that I can talk about. So my question today is for you personally as a Christian and for us corporately as a church, what are you looking for? Mark, if you can go to the next slide. Uh, all right, so, yep, this is it. Um, here we go. All right, so I have been really challenged by this scripture for the last two weeks. Mark 12, 29 through 31. Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So I read this, and I've read this, you know, we've, we've all probably read this a bunch of times. And I thought to myself, what does it mean to love with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength? And then I thought, am I really looking out for the needs of my neighbors in the same way? With all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength? Am I looking? So, um, at night when it's time to, you know, kind of relax and call it the end of the day, uh, the last couple of weeks, I started watching reruns of New Heart. Um, and not the original New Heart, uh, but the second New Heart in the 80s, uh, where they're in Vermont at the inn. And there was this scene that started up and this scene has been played out in every married house in America over and over and over again. So Newhart's upstairs, and you can tell he's in his bedroom, and he's looking for his tie, and he calls down. So Dick Loudon calls down to Joanna and says, Joanna, I can't find my tie. And she says, have you looked for it? I've looked everywhere. Have you looked in the closet? Yeah, I've looked everywhere. Have you looked on your nightstand? Yeah, I've looked everywhere. Have you looked in the bathroom? I've looked everywhere. Have you looked on the hanger with your sports coat? Crickets. <laughs> and it made me think of um, how often do I actually look and seek out things in my spiritual life? I mean, really look. Am I, am I looking for the answers? Am I looking for the lost? Am I looking for guidance? And then, and then, am I looking in logical places? Right? When I say that I'm going to look for the lost, do I look for them where they would be lost? Am I really seeking? Am I fasting? Am I praying? So let me give you two more examples that happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, last Sunday, right when I came to church, uh, Michael Kalis came and said, hey, I've I've been asked to go pray over these people's house. Would you come with me? 
I said, yeah, yeah, I would. And, you know, at first uh, in my mind, I was like, well, I got to work on my deck, and there's all these things at the house. And then I thought, we're, we're, we're asking God to give us ways to, to connect and, and work on his kingdom. I'm going to say yes. And on the way back, we were coming out from by Fort Harrison, and Michael said, um, do you have time to, I got to go deliver these tents up to Grizzly Gulch. Um, and, and at the time, I, I really didn't. But he said, oh, it's okay. He said, I really don't know where these people are. He said, I don't really, I just, I got to go find them. And then when I, when I find the trailhead, then I got to walk back and find them because I don't know where they are. There's a homeless camp, but I want to bring in these tents. And as I was coming through and God was putting in my heart for this sermon, I thought to myself, Michael is actually looking for the lost. And he's looking in logical places. He, he has heard that there are lost people in this area, and he's going to go find them. Right? Earnestly, I seek you. We sang that. Michael is going to do that. Um, and then this last week... Um, I heard a sermon, I think it was David Jeremiah, and he said, if you look through your Bible, there is never, ever an instance where somebody fasted and prayed that God didn't honor their fasting, right? That there wasn't an answer. And so I've had a couple things that have been really weighing heavy and some big hurdles that I've been trying to figure out, and and Jenny was gone, and so I decided, all right, well, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray. And every day that I fasted and prayed, the, the more I became aware of how weakly, like in, as in weak, right? How, how poorly I really seek after God. I pray about it. We pray about it in session, you know? But it's, it's kind of like Dick Loudon looking. It's kind of like when I go, so Jenny was gone all week, so I actually had to find things in the refrigerator, there was nobody else, right? How often, um, anybody can raise their hand, men more than likely you're going to raise your hand. You say you're looking so that you could say you looked, so that you can ask somebody else to actually find it for you, right? Jenny, where is this? It's in the fridge. I looked. Ugh, okay, right? And I thought, well, there's, I, this week there was nobody else there. Like, I actually had to look. And then in the looking, I get closer to God, Right? And in the actual seeking, I'm doing the work. So I thought to myself, how often do I actually really devote myself to seeking an answer or, or change up my daily rhythm to actually look? And then I said, and if, and if I don't, why don't I? What's stopping me? Why am I not seeking God's will, the lost, a way to plug in for God's kingdom. You want to know the real, the real hard, hard truth? Is because if I really seek, I might find it. And I don't know what that means for you, but I know that that's true. I know that it's true for most of us, and I know that it's true for our church. I might find it, and what God gives me might be hard. It might be messy. It might take up all my time. And, and I wrote and, and, because we all have lots of ands. This is the biggest one. It might change my trajectory. 
It might change our trajectory. So, <laughs> so I thought, okay, all right, I'm going to find out what the Bible says. But I wanted to ask this. I, said, I thought to myself, so when God says to seek his will, like, does that, like, I mean, do we have to go seek out mysteries in the Bible? And I thought to myself, like, Indiana Jones. Like, do I have to be a doctor of, of history or anthropology or whatever Indiana Jones was? Like, do I have to have these, do I have to fight off these massive enemies and travel around the world and, and dig into unknown jungles to find God's answer? Does God hide his answers from us? So what does the Bible say? Let's look at Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Jesus says to us, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you who, if his son asks him for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you then, being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Let's look at Luke 11, 5-13. Jesus again. Jesus said to him, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give it because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, just another context, Jesus says again, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Again, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And one more, John 7, 7 through 8. This is Jesus talking about being the vine and us being the branches, and he's talking about us abiding in him. And he says, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of what its works are evil. This is not John 7, 7 through 8. I'm going to read you what I have. Um, but that's all right, I have it. I probably, it's 15, 7 through 8. Margaret was right. I was wrong. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So we have to ask. We just have to ask. There's like, there's like no prerequisites to this. We just have to ask. Now, we all know the difference of when our children kind of ask for something and when they really ask for something, right? And we also know when they're asking for something that's not going to be helpful and when they're asking for something that is going to be helpful. But we still want them to ask. 
And then we have to seek, which means look for. Look for it. And that's what I was convicted of this week. Am I really looking for it? Or am I just saying that I'm looking for it? And then we just have to knock. But in all three of those, there's an action on our side. If you really want something, you got to do something. you got to ask. you got to seek. you got to knock. Do we have to be like Indiana Jones? I didn't see anything in there like that. In fact, I didn't see anything in, in all my studies of the gospel where God made the disciples go through like, these are your seven trials so that you can know my word. They lived them, but they didn't live them alone. Jesus was there with them. And then he prepared them. And did they have trials? For sure. And would they have asked for that? I don't, I don't know. Would Jesus or would Peter have sought early on in his life to be crucified upside down? At the end of his life, though, would he have said that that was, that was the greatest gift that, that Christ could have given him? I don't know if he'd asked for it. It would have been hard. So why don't we ask, what do we need? Do we know what we need? Do we ask what we need? And, and why do we need it? In James, in chapter 4, James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? It's simple. You ask for something and you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you don't get what you ask. But when you ask, you ask for something so that you can spend it on your own selfish desires. Then he goes on to say, resist the devil. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. What do we need? And when we ask for it, why are we asking? Because Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, ask for whatever you need in my name. And then how are we looking? How are we asking? Are we seeking? Jesus said the number one commandment, we go back to that, is to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Can you say you are doing that? If you were to, it, it's different, right? When we're desperate, we can say that we do that. We will put aside everything when we're desperate to come to, to get down on our knees and to ask God. And we will not ask for anything more than the thing that we are desperate for, right? And I think, that, I think that's where we know and that's where we hear God the most. I can say as a, as a man, if you were to say, when's the, when's, give an example of when you sought something with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Well, it's when you were pursuing the girl that you were going to marry. Like, every, every ounce of you was dedicated to that pursuit because you knew that this is the thing, right? But Jesus, I, I think, is calling us to do the same. And how powerful of a church could we if we did that? As a church... As an elder, we want to grow. Not for our sake, but because we want to grow the, the kingdom. Well, the kingdom doesn't grow from people that are already saved. They're already in the kingdom. We're not, we're not gaining anybody. So are we looking for the lost? Am I looking for the lost? I mean, I ask these things. I get to talk to, to young men and women every day. Am I looking for where God's asking me to go? Um, we want 
to help. We want to help people around in our, in our city, in our neighborhoods. Are we looking for the people that need help? Am I looking for the people that need help? Mike convicted of me. Mike is looking for the people that need help. Are we asking in Jesus' name to accomplish these things? <laughs> and forgive me, guys. Or are we man-looking, hoping somebody else will find it for us? And I thought about that, and I was convicted about that this morning. Jenny's heard too much of this already, but I thought about that for the American church. Are, are we no different than me standing in front of the refrigerator? Are we saying that we're looking so that somebody else will really look? Because we get reports back from all over the rest of the world and third world country where they are finding God. And he is showing up doing amazing things. And what's the difference? I think they're really looking. And if we're not really looking, why are we not? Because I think we've been put to sleep. Like we, don't, we don't understand the desperate situation in which we live. And the desperation of those around us. I come to know things, um, either working with soldiers in hard times or hearing stories from Jenny. You know how many young girls there are in our town alone that have multiple babies, that live in a fifth-wheel camper, that may or may not have water? That's here. That's convicting. And I don't go further than, you know... <laughs> offering up my wife's time and service to options to help because, man, that would be so messy. And that would take up so much of my time. And if I went and helped that, that young lady, then, well, maybe I wouldn't be as available to coach youth sports, which is also a part of my service. But you, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's here. And we're saying that we want to seek after it, but we're not looking for it. And that was my conviction. Nobody's going to find it for us. Can, uh, Margaret, can you put up Matthew 6, 31 through 34? Jesus said, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your, fa your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Oh, sorry. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay. So that's convicting. Um, it was very convicting to me, and it continues to be convicting to me. So I, one final thought. So last Friday, um, I went down to Boulder, two Fridays ago now, to watch the Jefferson High team play football. The first half an hour, it was rained out. The game was completely rained out. And then when they started the game, it just continued to rain. It was drizzly. And Jenny wasn't there, so socially, I had nobody to talk to because Jenny's our social interaction. So I was standing next to the fence um, and just kind of contemplating these things, and all of a sudden the rain stopped, and the sun came from the back, so it created this unbelievable sunset on the backside of the game. 
And in that moment, for whatever reason, um, probably because I was still trying to fast and pray, I thought to myself, if Jesus was standing right next to me, could I honestly look him in the eyes and say, I've been seeking this answer from you? That I've really been looking for you? I don't know. But I want to. I want to do that. I want us to do that. Church, if the whole youth group shows up on Wednesday, there will be more of them than there are of you. But it doesn't matter. Every one of us that is here, I think about this all the time. Jesus started with 12 people, and they spread a gospel. And I know in my heart, because I know you, and I know the sacrifices that you make just to come here. And the very fact that we are still here means that we are asking God. But I'm challenging us to ask more, to really seek him, to decide what is it that we need and for who. How do we do this? Because I think that God can do amazing things through us and God willing that it will be for his vine, for his kingdom, and it will be fruitful. And I know that I serve a gracious God. I know that we all serve a gracious king and he gives us our needs for the day. But God, I want to stand there and say, God, I have really been looking for you. That's the kind of faith that I want people to walk out of here with. Broken, redeemed, whatever. I'm looking. Richard went to Palestine to find something, right? Forsaking all for the glory of Christ, to love people. I mean, shoot, I'm talking about seeking how to love Seeking love itself. I mean, it's right there. And I go days and days without just asking. Will you pray with me? Lord, we want to be fruitful. We know that you have blessed us here in our church Jesus, please help us to ask in your name. Please help us to seek the lost. Please help us to put aside our selfish plans and to ask for the things that you want us to ask for and to seek for the things you want us to find and to knock on the doors, God, that you want us to open. In Jesus' name, amen.